Zahal, and welcome to the A Thousand Lives Broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That is V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, in last week's episode, we explored the story of the Nian monster from Chinese New Year legend and how it so beautifully pictures the gospel. If you haven't listened in yet, I'd certainly encourage you to do so. It could be a huge help as you share the gospel with Chinese friends, even here in the States. You know, the parallels between some of the traditions there in China and the Passover story found in Scripture are pretty amazing. Well, for today's episode, I am joined by Trent, missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China. China team. Now, because of the nature of wanting to give him plenty of time to share his heart with us, we are going to forego the China region of the week and jump straight into the interview. Hey there, really quick, just wanting to splice this audio clip in just by way of explanation. Please forgive us in the course of the interview. You will hear there in the background of our audio a vacuum cleaner and perhaps even a few other sounds as well. We are currently recording here at a back room corner of Vision Baptist Church. There are many other things going on. We just finished a class and some other activities today, so you'll hear that in the background. Please bear with us, Lord willing, in the future as we keep going with this podcast, we'll be able to find a little bit more stable or set place where we can record these episodes free from these distractions. Anyway, enjoy. As I mentioned, I am here with Trent, missionary to China. Trent, why don't you say hello? Hello. Well, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I am with the Vision for China team here, and I've been on deputation now for uh, about four months. Been coming to the training center, well, not the training center, I'm sorry, been coming to Friday class, which is different, but... Uh, for about a year now, a little over a year now, so been uh, interning for about a year. Uh, so it's been good, and um, we are about to get real busy with deputation. Uh, I've been working my job and just left uh, my job two weeks ago. Uh, so we're full time now, and um, we're at about fourteen percent, and I got. Four children now, almost said three, but we just had my son yeah, uh, on Monday. Right. Congratulations, and, by the way. Uh, thank you. And uh, so, got four four kids. Uh, we got we got the newborn. We got a one year old. Have a three year old, and then a five year old. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And deputation is going to be a blast with four <laughs> kids. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, and uh, now there very well could be people out there listening who aren't entirely sure of the word deputation that may not be very familiar with that term uh, kind of fill everybody in uh, well deputation uh, is I guess more of an independent Baptist uh, word maybe maybe that's and I'm not sure if that's uh, true or not I guess I'm my, I've been in my eco chamber my whole life so maybe <laughs> maybe I just think that's the case but 
Uh, deputation is the process uh, a missionary goes through to travel from church to church, present their burden, present, present their, um, their desire to go to a place uh, to be a church planning missionary or just to be a missionary in general. Um, depending on what you know, you feel like God's called you to do. But uh, you go, you you present your ministry. They um, they uh, either they take you on for monthly support or they don't. Uh, it's typically the the process. That's the general process. There's a lot more details, of course. When you when you when you have an independent Baptist church situation, they're all independent. So you're just going and trusting the Lord. We say here uh, that God has your support, and uh, we believe that you just. Uh, just make phone calls. Deputation, I guess you could probably say, is more making phone calls than it is going to churches, talking about going to churches. But uh, right. you're making phone calls a lot, and uh, you are um, a lot of cold calls. Uh, I mean, really, anyway, you can contact a pastor or somebody at a church that uh, may be over the missions department. But that's pretty much it. Okay. So now, uh, backing up a little bit, um, just tell me a little bit about your background. What's your story? How'd you get saved? Well, uh, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, which was a blessing. Um, my dad's my pastor, has been my pastor my whole life. Um, and I heard the gospel, I guess you could probably say I heard the gospel since I could remember, I could ever remember uh, to some degree. Um, but there was a specific night we, um, we watched a movie, and it was weird because it was actually a movie we owned, um, and we okay. watched it at the house a lot. Uh, but it was uh, the, A Pilgrim's Progress, uh, yeah. the book. You know, we know the book. Uh, okay. where everyone, everyone's more familiar with the book, I would say. But they made these animated movies, and this one was on VHS, and my dad bought it, and I think it was at a Christian bookstore. And we would watch it at home, and I'd watched it several times. We had a youth night at church, and, and we, um, we all gathered around the TV at the time. Of course, you know, it's not, you know, you had the tube TV on the, on the cart you roll out, you know, <laughs> and we watched the, A Pilgrim's Progress. Okay. And uh, we were on our way home that night, and, man, I just fell under conviction. Uh, yeah. We were in our little van on the way home that night, and I realized, uh, I would say, I, was, I, I always say I realized for the first time. I think mentally, you give that mental assent to, yeah, I know if I died, I'd go to hell probably. But it was the, probably the first time the Holy Spirit really dealt with my heart about the fact that if I died that night, I would go to hell. And I knew um, I knew I had to trust Him. And I was walking in the back door. I was under conviction. And my mom, uh, we were kind of filing in the back door, and, and uh, she saw, I guess you could just, you know, I think moms have that ability anyway to be able to see and say, hey, man, something's something's not right. You know, so she said, are you all right? Uh, Trent, you all right? You know? And I was like, no, I want to be saved. And I started, you know, I started crying, and, and uh, I was just under such conviction at that point. I mean, it was just from the church to the ride home. Honestly, the whole way, I'm just thinking— uh, and I got to make, I got to do something. I got to do something about this. Um, yeah. And uh, we went back to my parents' bedroom when they rehearsed the gospel with me again. And we got down there next to their bed, and I trusted Christ as my Savior right there. And I was nine, I was nine years old. That was February twenty third, two thousand. And okay. uh, so yeah, it's it was a uh, it was a uh, it was uh, never the same. Obviously, from that point forward, I mean. I was on fire. I mean, I remember before that even though, you know, it's funny, you grew up in church and you just get excited when other people get saved. Even I mean, I wasn't even yeah. saved yet. And I, I would go into, I remember uh, we'd have somebody saved in the service or something. I'd go into the restroom there at church and I'd just be in there like rejoicing. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and I think back, I'm like, you know, I just loved it. I love ministry. I love people yeah, know, awesome. getting to go to the Lord. And, and uh, 
But, yeah, that night it was God dealing with my heart, and so I responded, thankfully. Well, praise the Lord. Well, that's neat. Um, well, so now you mentioned a bit a bit ago um, when you were talking about deputation, you said that you just started out full-time, you quit your job. And so talk a little bit about that. What was, um, what was that like making a shift towards missions, full-time ministry? You're, you're now a full-time, well, support raiser for the time being until you're ready to go to China. Uh, what was that transition like and what, what was life like beforehand? Okay, so beforehand it was, it was like, I guess you could say, uh, the normal American life to some degree besides uh, ministry. You know, I was involved in ministry there at the church. And um, um, so as far as that goes, it was working uh, about 45 hours a week, you know, Monday through Friday. I'm an, I was an aircraft mechanic. Okay. And I uh, went to school for two years in Rome, Georgia, got my license to do that, and uh, started working on planes. I loved it, and uh, I just love working on anything, really. I mean, uh, no matter what it is, cars, planes, but um, I worked on planes there. There was a little airport in Cartersville, Georgia, uh, a company by the name of Phoenix Air, and we did a lot of Department of Defense uh, contract work and just random, I mean, just the comp- they're really incredible. It's such a small company and all the weird stuff they do. Uh, but it allowed me some opportunities too uh, to get out of the country, even to be able to see um, other parts of the world. And we were uh, able to stay in on the island of Malta a few times there in the Mediterranean, okay, right below Italy. And uh, that's where one of our planes are. And we've got them in several other places. Uh, but that's kind of where I was assigned. That's kind of where I ended up being. And but from there, we we did a lot of flights to other places in the world. From there, that was that was our base. But it allowed me to see, uh, you know, other countries. Just to, first of all, just to get out of the country. That was the first time I'd ever done that. Yeah, and that was, uh, I don't know, that was a couple years ago now. So I guess my first trip was probably 2018, maybe the end of 2018. Okay. Uh, so we, we've, I think we took about five trips in total, so five months. But wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was, that was for me. Um, that was a blessing. I mean, it wasn't that I wasn't obviously considering missions or anything. In fact, I was I actually from the moment. Um, this is kind of a long story, I guess, but um, okay. Um, so, really, about nine years ago, um, I was in a place in my life. I'd I had uh, I was saved, as I said, when I was nine. But I never really there was a period there. Obviously, right after I was saved, I was really on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a period also. Uh, there in high school that I, you know, I wasn't necessarily uh, any, any kind of gross sin or anything like that, but I just wasn't doing anything for God. I just kind of was uh, doing the thing, going to church and uh, just, uh, you know, just doing the, uh, well, at that time I was involved in sports and all that. I was involved in a lot of things that teenagers are involved in, I guess, and, and uh, went to Adairsville High School there in Adairsville, Georgia. And... Um, when we when I graduated, uh, I, like I said, I went to actually I went to a community college for about a year before I realized or decided what I what I thought I wanted to do anyway in that respect. But ended up going to get my license two years in Rome, Georgia, to do that. And when I, I say all that to say this, during that time I was you know and I got into some things I, I shouldn't have been involved in. I got in a lifestyle that I really shouldn't have been involved in, and uh, and was uh, actually moved out of my house. I was living with my parents, moved out, moved in with some guys in Cartersville, Georgia in an apartment. And, uh, and all the, t- all the, I mean, obviously the whole time, 
um, just under conviction. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit, that's one thing about being saved. You, you can't get away from God. He's, he's indwelling you. He's living yeah. within you. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it was um, that, during that time as well, I was working at uh, Old Navy uh, clothing store. I, uh, I was actually working there and then going to college. And uh, it was, it was uh, during that time that I also met my wife. Uh, met her at work. She worked. She started working at Old Navy about three years uh, after I started working there. Um, but I was obviously I was going to church and all that at the time. Uh, Dad had just planted Vision Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia, about a year uh, prior to. Um, there come a point in my life where I realized like I had to get in or get out. Um, and right. I say that when I'm you know what I mean by when I say that I had to get off the fence and uh, I knew God had been dealing with my heart uh, about being in ministry even though um, I wasn't really in a good place at that time to just start ministry really looking yeah. back uh, but um, we we surrendered to that uh, I believe God was calling us to preach uh, and that's how we that's how we say it where I'm from God's calling us to preach uh, but um, we started preaching there at the church and uh, I told my my wife which wasn't my wife at the time we were dating. I told her uh, what I, I felt like God had called me to do, uh, to be in the ministry and to preach. I knew what that meant because I grew up in and around ministry, you know, so I maybe had a little bit more of an idea of what that meant, the sacrifice that that took. Maybe right. she wasn't really uh, keyed into that, but I thought, you know, maybe I'm going to scare her off by telling her this. But uh, I remember telling her, I, I said, um, you know, this is what God's, call, God's called me to do. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go uh, into this, and uh, that wasn't what that wasn't the type of life that she was used to, or anything like that. Although she had obviously she came to church with me and things like that before. Um, she has kind of a rough background, and uh, she told me she said, "Well, I'm going to go with you anywhere you go, and I'm and I'm I'm going to stay with you no matter what." Amen. And uh, I, I'm not sure. Looking back, she really knew what what that what that entailed, but uh, <laughs> we joke about that now. Uh, but she, man, God has blessed me with a, a wife. She's incredible. Um, I mean, it, it's truly, um, I look back and I'm like, I don't know how in the world that God worked all that out with us and, and the type of woman that she is. Um, but, uh, he had a plan. Uh, but anyways, yeah. we, um, we, we ended up getting married. Uh, she ended up getting saved actually not too long. After. I mean, I think it was a week or two after that. It was in a revival service at our okay. church. Uh, yeah, she wasn't even saved. We weren't technically even dating, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, she, I just basically at that point, I just brought her over to the house and introduced her to my parents. And that was pretty much the only thing that had happened at that point. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, she ended up trusting Christ as her Savior, and God changed her life. Uh, she had kind of a rough background, just to kind of cover her background a little bit. Her mother was a drug addict. Her her brother had just overdosed two years wow. prior to that and died. Um, and then it wasn't too long after we were married, actually, her mother uh, ended up going to the hospital and, and uh, had organ failure due to a more than likely drug situation. Uh, so she had no family, didn't know her father, um, and that was her only sibling her brother was. So she was going through a lot of stuff uh, mentally and a lot of stuff like that. And uh, that's a long story in and of itself. But um, So we, um, we started preaching, started teaching there at the church. And, uh, and, um, and then a Bible college opened up right down the road. It was weird, the timing. My brother, my oldest brother, is in ministry. 
he started going uh, Philadelphia Baptist Church, North Georgia Baptist College. Okay. And um, he kind of told, talked to me about going and, and had convinced me really to go. Uh, and it was a blessing. I mean, it was literally 15 minutes down the road, probably less than that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went there yeah, four years. Pretty close. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was – and, you know, in our area, um, there wasn't – I mean, to go to a Bible college from where we were at, it was, you know – a, a good distance probably to the next one or, or a good Bible college. So, I mean, it was a blessing. And we, like I said, we went there four years, a great, great school. And, um, um, uh, anyways, it was, it was, uh, four years of that while we were working. And I, I said all that to say when we were, we started preaching, teaching, it was one of those things that it was, I can't explain it. All I can say is to say that I knew God didn't want me to pastor in the United States. I mean, it was just, it was, and, you know, uh, I kind of played an assistant pastor role there at the church, um, uh, and because it was a church plant, and that was just kind of one of those right. natural things, you know, I guess in that respect, we, we were doing anything and everything that needed to be done, and so I think that there was this, um, there was definitely this thing of, well, I need to continue serving here and looking looking at maybe being the pastor of this church one day, you know, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I couldn't, uh, in my heart, I, I couldn't, um, I could, that, that never was like a, a thing I could, I could settle in my heart. I say it that way. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I didn't talk to a lot of people about it. My, bro- my oldest brother, uh, we would talk occasionally. And I remember telling him one time, I don't know what God wants me to do, but I know he doesn't want me to pastor in the United States. And uh, I remember I would run uh, van, van or bus routes. I ran a I ran a bus there at the church on Wednesday nights, and uh, there'd be many, many Wednesday nights I'd be driving the bus. I would see a uh, Glade Baptist Church bus. I would see a Philadelphia Baptist Church bus. I'd see a mm-hmm. Skyline Baptist Church uh, bus, and I mean it was just like man, this place is just covered with good Bible believing churches. I mean, good churches that people can go to, kids can go to. We were picking right. up kids and. Salem Baptist Church. I mean, it, can, it go, goes on and on okay. in that area, um, and I would and I would it, it would convict me. It would honestly, mm-hmm. I would just be convicted when I when I was when I seen that. I thought, my gosh, like, and honestly, in my mind, I'm thinking, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? Because there's people. I mean, I knew obviously, and uh, man, there's a lot more that could be said about uh, my connection to missions. It all started really at the first summit that I went to. Okay, and, uh, the summit. Yeah, yeah. I, when I say it started, uh, I would say my 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 um, my interest or or the thought process of man, I could be a missionary. Um, okay. Started there at the summit. You want to say something? Okay. You want to say a little bit about the summit, maybe? Uh, well, yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, the summit uh, for those who might not know is an event that Vision Baptist Missions has put on now for. Wow, I'd say probably at least 15 years, yeah. uh, perhaps even longer. Uh, for the longest time, it was up, I believe, in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. It's kind of moved around a little bit. It's been for the last year or two in uh, the North Georgia area. Uh, but it's an event uh, typically two or three days long with a lot of missionaries that come through uh, preaching about missions, teaching about missions, um, talking about their various mission fields and things like that. Um, and I've been to quite a few of them now. Uh, I've, I've probably been to four or five myself. 
over the last few years. Obviously now, the last three years or so, being a Vision Baptist Missions missionary. Um, and so was it was that kind of your, was the summit that you're talking about, would, would that have been uh, earlier, back as a teenager, or a little bit later on maybe? Um, well, I forget I'm so far away from my teenage <laughs> years, but <laughs> yes, um, no, that was, uh, you know, actually that was the summit. They had the uh, India emphasis, and I want to say okay. that, I want to say, I don't know what year, I forget what year that was. I want to say maybe that was, uh, man, 2014, 15 maybe. And, okay. Uh, yeah, they had the uh, the India film and those yes, things. Yes, Okay. Yeah, I wasn't around for that, but yeah. I've, I've heard about that. Okay, great. Well, so now, um, an interest in missions because of Summit, also just living in a place that's, church is accessible, I guess we could say that. For anyone there, there would, if they had a desire to go to church, they could contact the church and say, send a bus my way, send a van my way, I would like to get to church, and they could do that, and... So all the while, my assumption is, is that you're thinking there's probably places in the world that don't have this. Yes. And at that point, I knew there was a, there was places as well. See, from the first summit that I attended, which was the, that, that, that year, and I wish I could remember what year that was, um, uh, one of the main reasons, not the, the only reason, but one of the reasons I went um, is Brother Eric Elrod, a missionary to India. Uh, I grew up with him. Uh, he okay. was uh, he was an age uh, behind me or a grade behind me there in school, and um, he was um, he and my oldest brother. Uh, it's that's a long story I'll not get into, but um, they are good friends and uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so he went. To, uh, my oldest brother went to the summit and uh, and invited me to go as well. And so we went. And I knew of, uh, I knew Chris Gardner. I didn't know him, you know, like pick up the phone, call him my you know, friend, but you know, my buddy, Chris Gardner. But I knew of Chris Gardner mainly because sure. uh, my dad, uh, my dad's uh, first church, Fellowship Baptist Church, supported him as a missionary. I, I, I want to say I faintly remember him even coming to the church, which is bizarre, uh, okay. just barely. But, um, and then I, I, know, I knew of Brother Austin Gardner. And mainly, uh, again, from just things Dad has said. Dad had much respect for him as a missionary, and so I would hear things that he would say about him. And But that was the first time I had seen, uh, uh, maybe met Brother Austin Gardner uh, at all, and uh, I'm sure he probably doesn't remember that at that time, but um, uh, I didn't know David at all because uh, he had spent so much time, obviously, in Peru. But um, right. we went up to the, the summit and uh, was challenged, and like, you know, I mean, to do something more, to do something for God and to do something about people who uh, have never heard or don't have access, as you said. And that was, uh, like I said, that was the first time I probably in my mind, in my heart, I thought, man, I, you know, this, 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 uh, it's kind of like what you say on the podcast. If not, if not me, then who, you know, I, that was my, that was, that was, yeah. the, that was the thought that I left with. I thought, you know, Hey, if I don't go, then who will? Uh, but at that time, I really felt like it wasn't uh, the step that I needed to take at that moment. Um, and uh, so um, maybe because of various reasons, I mean, I was, um, 
or maybe that was the step I should have took at that moment. And now <laughs> looking uh, back, okay. and now four kids later, I'm going. I'm on deputation with four kids. Maybe I should have took it a step then. But no, it's uh, we we uh, we we felt like we needed to finish Bible college there, and I think at that time. Uh, my wife was either pregnant with our first uh, daughter, maybe we had her already. I can't remember. Um, but anyways, we, we um, that was like I said, that was the first time our 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 thought process probably changed in that direction of man, I, I can I could be a missionary. Let's okay. put it that way. I mean, I remember Jim uh, Jim Robert Senior. Uh, I can't I couldn't tell you the exact message, but I remember being challenged by him in such a way that man, it was. Uh, uh, and 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 from that you know now we're I would call him a friend anyway but um, I, he he really I forget the message again exactly but is the gist of it was man you know anybody could be a missionary and uh, I grew up looking up to missionaries I grew up thinking man missionaries are, are something special uh, I mean something that something super spiritual that uh, you got to be something um, out of the ordinary to be one. And uh, I think for the first time, I thought, man, maybe I could do that. You know? Why do you think that is? Why do you think? I don't know. I think. I think. think Right. I think it is. I think honestly, I think people have good intentions of of talking up missionaries in 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 such a way. Maybe what do they call it? Romanticizing is that the word? Yeah. But you uh, you build these these guys up to uh, such a degree that it's almost unattainable, or it seems unattainable to other people. Um, like I said, I think it's I think it's good intentions that people do that. Pastors do that, maybe, but uh, I think it helps a lot when you hear somebody say, "Man, I, I was just a you know I was just a you know uh, uh, I was a nobody, but God used me," kind of thing. You know, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, that sounds like uh, what I am. I, maybe I can be used. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it, it eventually just like I said, it kind of evolved and. Um, I had a desire from that point forward. Uh, you could probably say, and, and maybe I didn't admit it to myself even then, but I had a desire to be a missionary. And uh, Amen. and uh, I mean, I, I I knew I wanted to be a missionary. In fact, I uh, I would have conversations with Dad about it. My dad, like I say, Dad, mm-hmm. he's my pastor, and uh, I think he always had this desire, maybe for me to be a uh, the pastor of the church. You know, to kind of take the church over. So it was something okay. that <laughs> maybe he wouldn't. Wow. Uh, he wasn't excited to accept initially, but uh, I knew I knew uh, the desire that I believe God had put in my heart, and I couldn't get over the fact that there's people who uh, didn't have access to the gospel, uh, much less a good church um, somewhere in the world. And then you talk about the need in China—that's a whole different uh, animal. Yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about that. Yeah. That was going to be one of my next questions here. Um, why China specifically? We've, I believe, you mentioned India. You mentioned Peru, right? Um, and obviously, there are well over a hundred countries in the world. Why? Why China? Right. Why hone in on China? And uh, as you can imagine, you know, as I said, the, that first summit having such a big, big impact on me. I mean, India was one of those. It was obviously uh, something to consider. I, I, I yeah, think sure. every place is a place to consider. Um, but we, uh, we, we were. Following, us, you probably say from a distance, uh, uh, what Mark Tolson was doing in China and uh, what we were, what John Walls, uh, we were following him a little bit, prayer letters here and there. I was actually over the missions uh, department there, if you call it department, whatever you want to call it. We were, I was over missions at the church. Yeah, sure. And uh, so I would see prayer letters quite a bit and things like that. 
And of course, as you know, our China team sends out the prayer letters together, and so right, <laughs> I yeah. inevitably saw. Right, you support uh, one yeah. of us, and you get information on all of us, <laughs> which was a blessing. I mean, uh, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I read every one of them, but uh, there was it piqued my interest, and when okay. it came to China and the need there, and mm-hmm. um, and that I mean, looking back, um, there were so many things that I believe challenged us about China. I don't tell this very often because I think a lot of people might take it the wrong way as far as um, they may think that um, because I've seen this video, I went to China. Uh, but there was a particular video that challenged me concerning China, I have to admit, uh, in a great degree. And it was I remember I was at work one day, and uh, as I've said already at this point, I'm, I'm as we say here, you know, you're, you're on go. You know, you've, you're, your heart and your mind's been turned to, I'll go. Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. Yeah. And I'm there at work. And uh, it was, uh, we actually just hit, I think it was a 9.30 a.m. Uh, there in, in, in Cartersville. We had, had a little break there at work. And I had pulled my phone out, and it said, uh, uh, Austin Gardner is live. So I hit it, and uh, I'm like, well, what's, what's he, where's he at? What's he doing? And he was in China. He was in China, and he was with uh, Tolson, and um, he was on the Great Wall. Okay. And he made a video uh there on the great wall it just challenge it was a challenging video and um challenging anyone and every you know anyone to consider coming to china somebody to consider coming to china and mm-hmm. he talked about the great need there and he talked about uh being in the service there and uh and now he had just uh he had cried you know he's he overcome with emotions there realizing that, you know the need and and one of the things he said though there was one thing he said in particular that I, I I can't forget, and he was talking about. Uh, and I, I can't I can't tell you exactly how he phrased it, but he talked about if you're you're gonna you're gonna live that normal life. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting here at work. I'm standing outside the hangar and I'm looking over our tarmac. You know, it's like a okay. row of Learjets. I'm just sitting there and yeah. I'm looking out over this airport. And uh, you know, when God gives you the desire to be a missionary, you can't be satisfied doing anything else. Mm. And I really wasn't satisfied where I was at. I knew I needed to take the next step. And um, he said, um, I don't know how you're going to live that normal life. I pity you, is what he said in the video. Wow. And I thought, and honestly, in my heart, I thought, well, he should pity me because I've this kind of mm. this stinks. I don't want to be here. <laughs> I want to yeah. be doing something uh, for God. I want to be doing something um I want to do, I want to do something Amen. for God in a place um, where um, it is complete darkness. To be honest, that was mm-hmm. my that was my desire. That I and and again I say my desire. I feel like God had given me that desire. Um, but man, I, that video challenged my heart, and, and 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 that and that just that just rang over my mind. That thought of man, I pity you, I pity you, uh, because I thought to myself, yeah, this you know, it was it was very. It was a fitting statement because I think that um, we shouldn't be satisfied if we think that uh, there are, if we know that there are people that are lost and on their way to a place that we claim is real, uh, which is hell, and it is real. And we come to the realization of, as in Romans chapter 1, Paul says, you know, they have both the witness of conscience and creation and that they will stand before God one day without excuse. If we, if we get to that place in our heart and we realize that, then, then, then we shouldn't be satisfied with with doing uh, with what we call the normal life. I guess you could say. Um, you don't have to. You don't have to clock in and clock out and go home 
and uh, just be stuck in this uh, this rat race. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm I, – I, I, maybe I should be more sensitive right now. I don't know, but I said all that to say um, I wouldn't trade the eight years that I worked for Phoenix Air for anything um, and really more like seven and a half years. But anyways, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I, I think during that time I, I grew a lot. Um, I went, Like I said, I went to Bible college. That helped me a lot. There's a lot of things God did in my life and my heart, um, but I don't think he would have been dissatisfied if I went earlier, if I decided to be a missionary earlier in my life. Uh, I think I just yeah. made that decision to wait, to be honest with you. And um, and he did work in my life. That's how God That's how God works. You're saved. His Holy Spirit is living within you. And if you're, if you're serving him, he's going to change you into his image, hmm. no matter, I think, where you're yeah. at. Uh, but why not, why not allow him to change you in his image in China uh, where you can do something great, you know? Um, or you, you can do something. And here's another thing. I, I was always afraid, and still am, still am to this day. I don't ever want to get to the end of my life and think to myself, what could God have done? Yeah. You know, like, I, I think that we claim we serve a big God. We claim that we serve the creator of the universe. And, uh, man, if we don't see him do something great at the end of our life as Christians, it, it really will be our fault. It won't be his fault. Um, because he's a great God, that doesn't change. But but I think that as Christians, I think living a life of faith is putting God in a position to show not only us but the world who He is and what He can do. Uh, we limit Him, you know. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, uh, that's and this is going back to to why China. Uh, I, I I heard of the need, I saw the need, and and as, as simple as this answer may sound to you. Uh, I mean, there's 1.4 billion people in China, and they're in darkness. And um, I thought to myself, man, what if I could go to China? And the thing about me is, is me personally, the way I feel about myself anyway, is, um, you know, China, I think, gets a bad rap for a lot of difficult, maybe things you might have to overcome, the language or uh, communism or whatever it is um, that, you know, could be that giant, we say giant, Sure. Uh, that could prevent you from going there. But for me, it was, I'm thinking to myself, you know, from <laughs> from, for, from a guy from northwest Georgia, uh, it probably wouldn't matter where I ended up going uh, because it's there's going to be giants <laughs> for me, you know. So it was Come like, now. <laughs> you know, but I thought, but I really, I mean, honestly, I thought, you know, hey, if I serve, if I serve who I say that I serve, mm. uh, why why do I look at these things like they're giants? Um, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't get that personally, and I, I, that's not super spiritual talk. I'm just simply saying that, man. We we say we serve the Creator. Mm. We say we serve the one that's all powerful, and uh, I'm. I don't claim to be somebody great, but I, I do believe that that if we surrender to be used by God, He'll use us. And uh, but anyways, I don't know if I answered your question or not. But yeah. Um... I really like what you said there towards the end about limiting God, and and I know what you mean by that. I you know I think that oftentimes, well, Pastor Gardner often says, um, talking about I believe it's in Mark chapter number five, um, talking about Jesus. It says he could not do many mighty works among them because of their unbelief, and then you you just talked about you know these obstacles these giants in china and it makes you think of um in numbers chapter number 13 chapter number 14 
They sent the spies in. There's these giants. And they say, there's no way we're going to be able to take this place. Right. They had just seen God deliver them out of Egypt. They had just seen God carry them through the Red Sea. They had just had God provide them with all the quail. They just sent in spies who came back with these these huge old fruits hanging from their staves uh, coming back from the promised land, but they hear the report. There's these giants, and we're grasshoppers in their sight. And, right. I mean, they flip out, and they are, they're scared, and they're saddened, and they're discouraged. And when Joshua and Caleb try to encourage them, it says that they took up stones to stone them, and God has to show up and say, stop provoking me. Right. You know, stop. And, and, <laughs> and I think it mentioned somewhere in there, like, it's because how, how much long the Lord says something to the effect of how much longer until you will believe me and trust me. Um, and so he just didn't let him go into the promised land, that generation. Right. And he saved, he saved that um, for the next one. And I think there is a lot of truth to what you were what you were saying there. Um, that sometimes if we just trust the Lord, I mean, he, he wants to do something through us. Yeah. And it's not like his hands are tied. He could do something through us, through anybody if he wanted to, but he's, he delights in using people that trust him. Right. Um, that, that's yeah. good. I'm, I, that's good. Um, and so you were kind of hitting at this just a bit ago, but, um, you know, China's does have these obstacles whether it's communism atheism the language is all kinds of different from ours do you have any reservations about that or or what what, what is that like because now you've not been to china yet right and so never even been for like a short missions trip or anything and so yeah kinda, i don't think we mentioned that yeah kind of kind of walk us through your thoughts and maybe even touch a bit on your wife's thoughts and um, what all that's like as you were you're raising support to go you're you're aimed in that direction you're you're full right. steam ahead and yet how do you how do you kind of deal with all that right well uh maybe it maybe it helps that i haven't been to china in that respect <laughs> I, maybe i'm just i think i'm ignorant to a lot of that to be honest with you um and that does help in a weird way uh maybe but uh, yeah, of course I've heard the I've heard the man China's the hardest language to learn. I've uh, I've heard all about all the the difficulties. I guess uh, the, of course you know I, almost every week I hear uh, when you're making phone calls you're going to hear something about the fact that it's communist and maybe you know very inquisitive, which is fine. That's that's I understand. I understand the questions. I mean, sure, I get it. You know, hey, how do you how are you going to get in there? Well, I mean, how do you how do you plan to accomplish ministry in China and um, but like I said, you know, it's uh, there's one thing I know, and this is really this is really what's been the motivation from the beginning. I could you, you could say there's one thing I know. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish, and that all should come to repentance. Amen. Um, and so I know God's desire is for Chinese people to be saved. I know that. Amen. I don't have to, and that helps. I mean, if you're going somewhere, and uh, no matter where you're going in the world, if you're going somewhere to take the, the message of the gospel to, to, to them, uh, the, the message that the only message that will save them, the, the power of God, the Bible says, and the salvation, um, and you know that God desires for them to be saved, um, it helps. It should help anyway. It helps me. Um, right. And I know, man, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to be difficult. The language, um, I'm sure there's going to there's there's be days where, 
uh, if I, I get there, I'm in language school and I'm ready to, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to pull my hair out. I'm ready, you know, it's not going to be easy. I, I, I get all that uh, as much as I can right now, not being in that situation. Uh, but I know this, like I said, like I just said, and as simple as it may sounds, may sound, um, I know that God desires for the, those people to be saved uh, more than I do, more than I do. And uh, that helps. That helps me with any of those thoughts of, man, this could be hard or that could be difficult. Um, he loves those people a lot more than I do. Uh, and yeah, so sure. it, it, it's uh, knowing that helps. Uh, I don't know. I keep saying the same thing over, but really that's, that's what I, that's, that's as simple as it gets for me. I think, man, uh, I know a lot of this stuff is going to be difficult. And again, a lot of it, maybe I'm just ignorant about at this point, especially, but I know this, I know those people are, I know they're lost. I know they don't have a witness. Uh, and I know that God desires for them to be saved. So I think he's, Amen. I think he's, I think he'll, I think, I think, uh, as we've just said a while ago, I think when you, when you, when you move on faith, uh, or when you, when you, uh, take a step, uh, of faith toward a place, maybe that seems difficult or dangerous or whatever the case may be, you have to believe that God's going to, uh, help you in some way. Uh, because if God desires for those people to be saved, uh, I don't want to say you obligate him by any means. I don't think right. maybe that's the maybe that's the word to use, but I think he just loves those people more than you do, and he's gonna yeah. do he's gonna do uh, things through you. I hope, and that's my dream anyway. I, I hope he does something through me uh, to reach those people, uh, to see them saved, see churches planted. Obviously, the ultimate goal. But yeah, amen. Um, yeah, and you you said it a few times. What I know is, and. It was always, I mean, it was truth. It was, you know that, that God loves them. You know that God wants them saved. And, um, and that is assuring for all of us. I mean, we have the Bible. We have God's Word. We know what it says. And um, it's great to see you stepping out in that and saying, Lord, I trust you. And yep. I'm going to go. Um, you know, I, I do feel like that there or quite a few people who would say, you know, how how would the Lord call someone to a place that they've never even been to yet? Yeah. But I, and granted, I went to China, and the Lord used my trip to China to call me there. But um, I, I, you know, you think about, um, I think about Hudson Taylor. Uh, he's been mentioned before on this podcast a few episodes back. And, um, you know, back then, it was like a five or six month uh, boat trip to China. Right. He had never <laughs> been, but... When he was a teenager, he he decided he wanted to be a missionary to China, yeah. and started preparing towards that. Um, and so you know, there's there's different ways to go about it, and, but it's neat to hear uh, your story yeah. and, and how the Lord's doing that for you. Um, well, I, you know, so you're let's see, so the Lord's directing you that way. You're headed that way. Uh, you said, I believe you're at what was that, fourteen percent? So and that's of your support, right? Right. And so once you get through deputation, you finally get to China, what are your, what would be your goals? What, what are you going to be doing there? Um, what's ministry going to look like and those, those sorts of things? And also kind of big picture, I mean, what are your dreams and long-term goals? Right. Um, um, well, initially, of course, the, the goal will be to learn the language. So um, the first two yeah. years, get there, uh, sure. learn the language. Um, 
And like we all know, you know, two years of language learning, uh, you're not coming out a master of the language by any means, uh, and you're learning your whole life. But right. uh, hopefully at that point, being able to, to at least be able to uh, converse uh, in the language after two years and uh, to help a veteran missionary, hopefully at that point, that well, maybe we'll have somebody there um, with uh, post-COVID and everything else um, right. that's going on. But uh, that would be my short term very short term goal in that respect and then of course uh, hopefully after those two years we'll have uh, some guidance on where we we think God would have us to plant a church and to start planting a church maybe somewhere and uh, look look at uh, that next step of what city that would be in where that would be uh, in China just in general um, but to uh, start finding Lord willing finding some young men uh, and pouring our life into them and and uh life on life discipleship uh Hmm. and something that i've learned a lot about uh in this past year even uh but i grew up um and like a lot of i think a lot of uh a lot of uh people do or maybe independent baptists more so i don't know um when it comes to discipleship uh, it, it, we're used to the uh, 12-week course, and then uh, discipleship's over. Now you're a mature Christian, uh, but right. no, uh, I, I right. just you know I had see I've been plugged mm-hmm. in uh, to some degree, um, to vision to some degree, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be through podcasts or uh, like I said, coming to the summits, coming to events and things like that over the past uh, six years, seven years, I guess. So. Um, I kind of understood the uh, ministry philosophy that was taught. Uh, I loved it. I I had never seen discipleship like that before, uh, and it it's uh, it changed that changed me. That changed my even what I you know what I was doing at the church even at the time there even at Daresville, and um, so said all that to say. Um, Find some, find some men, pour our life into them, and, and try to uh, begin the process of planting a church uh, in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that would be a little bit long-term, I guess. But long, long, long-term, obviously, um, is, to, is to start a church planting movement in China. I think that's, our, uh, I think that's the vision yeah. for China team's desire, uh, is to see a, a yes, movement absolutely. started in China, to, plant, to see churches planted, to uh, see underground churches there uh, planted. Um, always praying that the political situation changes there. I mean, that will never change. I think we'll always pray for that. Um, but if it doesn't happen, we believe uh, that churches can be planted, movement can be started, and that um, we can see many, many churches started in China. Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I, that's certainly what I desire for when we can get back into China. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, that's encouraging to hear. Well, um, one last thing. Well, I guess two more things. Um, the first is, so if you could sit down with a young person, with a young man, let's say he's a teenager, maybe he's in college, um, who is considering serving the Lord full-time with his life, maybe he wants to serve the Lord in China um, in some capacity, and you know, he might be thinking, 
you know, going to China as an English teacher, as a businessman, or or going to China as a church planner, any of those things, but he's not really sure, you know, if you could sit down with him and just talk with him and share share your heart with him, encourage him, what would you tell him? Um, well, the first thing, uh, I'd probably ask him a question first. I'd probably say, well, what are you, what are you doing right now? You know, what are you doing right now in, uh, in mm-hmm. your local church, uh, wherever mm-hmm. that's at? And, uh, and then if he, you know, depending on what his answer was, because um, I think, you know, it starts, it starts wherever you're at. It starts in your local church. If you're not serving in your local church and you're thinking about uh, being a church planner, um, then I think that uh, you need to, first of all, learn to submit to your, your uh, pastor right now and uh, come to him and say, hey, what can we do? What can I do uh, here? And start serving in ministry in some capacity. Um, I don't know if you're... Uh, what you're doing right now or, or, or where you're at. Um, but, man, I look back and I think to myself, I, it's so weird. I, I, I was involved in a church plant, as I've said, and uh, and I'm really involved in a church plant in an area that's, you know, it's got a, a lot of churches and, and uh, a, a good witness, uh, a lot of light. And, uh, and, you know, at the time I tried to figure a lot of that out and I look back now and I see so many things that I think that I've done to, and I think God was doing in my life and uh, using in my life to prepare me for where I'm at right now. And, and you know, we try to figure all that out. But um, I, I, because it was a church plan, I was involved in a lot of different things and uh, not an expert at any of them, but just involved <laughs> in a lot of different types of ministry. And uh, mm-hmm. Children's, teenagers, adult adults, and uh, I ran. I messed with sound equipment. I mean, stuff that I would never have done, you know. And, and right. uh, I led music, and you don't want to hear me lead music, uh, <laughs> but I did it. And uh, and what it really, I mean, I ran a ran a ran the van, as I said. I mean, there was. I mean, of course, we knocked doors. We 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 did the visitation. We we. I mean, we've 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 cleaned the toilets. I mean, it did literally. It's just ministry. And uh, and so my point is. Hey, whatever it is that you can do where you're at right now, do it. And mm, um, I don't know, depending on what age you are, um, if you're if you if you if you're past that point, if you've been you know if you if you've served some a little bit, you've you uh, consider coming to the training center if that's where you're at. Uh, I don't know how old how old the person would be, um, but yeah, um, yeah consider. I, I, even though I didn't personally come to the training center. Okay, so um, now what is the training center? Okay, the our, genera- our generation training center here at Vision Baptist Church in Alpharetta. Um, it's a, a two-year uh, program. You probably be able to explain it maybe better than I would, as far as um, beyond the the one-year mark. I know one years uh, you're in a classroom setting, uh, but the difference is you, you're coming to the training center. You're surrounded by veteran missionaries. There's no there's no other place that I know about. I mean, this place is this place yeah. is incredible. You come here, it's very unique, and uh, yes, uh, very unique. I mean, you're surrounded by veteran missionaries, uh, guys in different stages of of the journey, uh, whether they're on deputation, whether they're just getting ready to leave, whether they just came back from two years after language school, or whether they've been on the field for you know ten to fifteen years. I mean, right? Uh, it's it's incredible. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always somebody to learn from, uh, somebody to glean from. I don't do a good job at that, but. Uh, I, I don't ask enough questions. I don't feel like a lot of times, but I mean, it's a place where you can come if you're interested in missions. I, I don't know of a better place to be. I don't think there is one, and maybe I'm just biased. But um, 
and, and then of course, you know, uh, the experience of brother Gardner, uh, and brother Bush hmm. and, um, uh, brother Canfield. I mean, there's so, I mean, um, it's, it's, uh, it's an incredible place. Um, like I said, you might, you might have something to say, uh, uh, when it comes to that. Well, I, I would, I would just simply add that, um, you know, the, our generation training center is, um, connected with, uh, Vision Baptist Missions and, um, actually very soon to be located together at the Baptist Center for World Evangelism. Um, but it is a very unique place where you can come, uh, train for ministry, but specifically church planning ministry overseas. Um, and you're learning all different aspects from ministry, uh, practical side to the Bible uh, and theology side to the language and culture learning side, um, all of those things. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, Trent, even the, um, the life on life, discipleship, um, the, the men here uh, from Pastor Gardner and Brother Jeff Bush all the way down to the, the veteran missionaries and others. Um, we were friends, we're family, and um, we're, we're all in this together to see the world reached in our generation, um, which is why we call it the Our Generation Training Center. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a pretty great place. And if you're out there listening, and you're you're wanting to learn more about missions you're wanting to take the next step towards getting to the mission field um, particularly china but really anywhere um, the our generation training center is the place to be Um, it's certainly not the only path to the mission field um, but as we even often say here on this podcast um, we want to help you find your path to missions in china um, and so anyway, um, I guess that's all I've got as far as questions yeah. for you, Trent. I don't know. Maybe would there be anything else you'd like to add or, or say or um, amend or anything? Yeah. Well, let me say, let me say one thing, um, something that I often think about. Yeah, I hear a lot of, there's a lot of different maybe thought processes, philosophies about um, how to choose a mission field. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. Yeah. Um, and... You know, if I was going to a place that I thought fit me, um, fit me, uh, what's the word? I don't know. Fit my persona. Um, I would end up in Northwest Georgia is where I'd end up. Um, and so my point is, um, don't try to figure it out in that respect. I don't, I don't personally think that's the right way to view, man, where, where should I go in the world? Uh, what, what color is my skin or, or or uh, what would be what would be the easiest place for uh, for me to connect or to fit in or whatever it is that you think you know um, should determine where you go take the gospel if your desire is for missions um, I don't I mean I maybe maybe I'm just um, uh, maybe I maybe I maybe I'm reasoning this out too much I don't know but uh, when you're talking about a place um, like China when you're talking a place like India. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, we can't ignore the population. We can't ignore mm-hmm. the need. Um, yeah. uh, I think that, I think a lot of times we want to write that off and just say, well, you know, God's leading me here. God's leading me there. Um, and I, and I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, I believe God led me to China. Um, but 
I believe that also uh, part of him leading me to China was my realization of the great need in China, mm. uh, yeah. if that makes any sense. Um, because I think we overcomplicate a lot of that a lot of times. And uh, as you said before, I think of C.T. Studd. I mean, he was a missionary to China, uh, India, and where else was Africa? Africa. Mm-hmm. And um, yep. man, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, I doubt C.T. C.T. Studd had three different lightning, uh, lightning bolt experiences right. uh, that determined uh, that he go to all three of those places. He probably just thought all three of those places need missionaries, and all mm-hmm. three of those places need the gospel. Yep. And there's a great need in all three of those places. That's probably as simple uh, as his thought process was on that. Yeah. And uh, so my point is, um, consider consider China. Consider China because of the great need in China. Um, and as, as I've said already, as Austin's uh, told you already, I'm, I've never been. I've never been to China. I've never yeah. taken one step on uh, Chinese soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Um, as he says also at the closing of this podcast, uh, thus far every time, if not you, then who? If not you, then who? Um, mm. if, if you don't go, then who will? Who will go? And that's a question. I don't think if you're asking that, if you're not asking yourself that question, I think every person obviously should ask that question no matter who you are. Uh, but if you're interested in missions and uh, you're considering China, that, that thought needs to, go, it needs to go through your head. You need to think, man, if I don't go, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I end up going to some other country, if I don't go, if, if not me, then who will? Who, who is going mm-hmm. to take the gospel to those people? But, yeah. yeah, that's all I can say. Well, amen. Well, Trent, it's Appreciate been a pleasure yeah. talking with you. And uh, real quick, for those who have listened this far in, just so you know, Trent, you may not realize this, we are 55 minutes in. To oh, wow. to this interview, but that's great. I think I think it'll be good. Okay, good, and I think because it was it was somewhat more conversational style and stuff. I think if it was just me, they would have turned it off a long time ago. I, I think um, that with both of us, maybe that'll that'll kind of nudge people to to push on through the about a one hour mark. If you've made it this far, um, uh, Trent, maybe you could quickly, you know, I don't know, maybe there's a pastor out there listening, or there's someone who's involved in a church that has missionaries come through and visit their church, or, or maybe they're just interested in following you in your ministry. Is there a good way for them to get in touch with you? Maybe an email or a website or both? Yeah, yeah. Um, you can email You can email me at cokers2china uh, at gmail.com. So that would be C-O-K-E-R-S-T-O-China uh, uh, at gmail.com um, there. And that's a way to contact me by email my um that, that's probably the best way to contact me, actually. Okay. Um, Would there be like a website or something? Maybe? Oh, yes. The website um, is uh, actually cokers2china.com. So we try to okay. make that easy. So cokers2china.com. You can uh, look there for more information about us. And uh, our information uh, is all on the website there. Yeah, and uh, I would just add that if you are listening and you're interested in having them come by your church, I would encourage you to do so. Uh, They are currently raising their funds to go to China. I think it would be uh, a blessing to your church. I think that uh, you would enjoy having them come through, um, and you'll get to meet little baby Silas. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he's how old? How many days old? Oh, he's uh, three days old now. Three days old. All right. (laughs) Well, as of the recording of this, uh, he'll he'll probably be two or three weeks old by the time this podcast (laughs) hits the air. But um, anyway, you guys could meet... uh, meet little Silas as well.
Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode where I will get into a story from the life of C.T. Studd and share how he dealt with learning to speak the Chinese language. I would encourage you all to keep Trent and his family in your prayers as they raise their support to get to China. Please ask the Lord to get them to the field quickly and use them there in a mighty way to see many people saved and many churches started for His honor and glory. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lives broadcast. This is been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That is V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time. 再见